I'm DeWitt Bingham. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment, no illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you covered. So sit back, relax, and become sold on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen, of your constitutional rights, to provide educational occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. Today's episode is simply titled Congressman Benny Thompson the man leading what I consider to be the most important current event in these, the United States. Congressman Thompson has shown great leadership facilitating the insurrection hearings. If you know anything about black history, you know growing up black in Mississippi couldn't have been a walk in the park. We just celebrated Juneteenth, which is finally being celebrated As a national holiday, it is celebrated on the 19th of June because it was that day in 1865 that the last of the enslaved African-Americans became knowledgeable of their freedom. You should know that Mississippi is where an amendment to officially ban slavery wasn't passed until 2013. That's nearly 150 years after the 13th Amendment and the abolition of slavery. I guess I should give them a little bit of credit for unofficially ratifying slavery in 1995, which is only a mere 135 years after slavery was abolished. It appears that an associate professor from the University of Mississippi was watching Steven Spielberg. Oscar-nominated film about President Lincoln and was prompted to investigate Mississippi's abolition status. It was discovered that though an amendment was passed by the Mississippi legislature, it was never officially sent to the United States Office of the Federal Register. However, I can't give Mississippi too much credit because they were the last state in the Union to ratify the abolition of slavery. Mississippi was a state that was brutal to black people. It is where Cheney, Goodman, and Schwarner were murdered by law enforcement officials in 1964 during Freedom Summer. Freedom Summer, for those of you who don't know, was part of the civil rights movement focused on voter registration. The bodies of Cheney, Goodman, and Schwarner, who I talk about in my book on Viola Luzo, were found in an Earth and Dam, a month after being lynched. Mississippi, too, is where Emmett Till was brutally murdered. I just finished reading Laura Coates' book entitled Just Pursuit. 
You may know her if you watch CNN. She's a CNN senior legal analyst who, prior to working for CNN, served as an adjunct professor at George Washington University Law School and assistant United States attorney for the District of Columbia and a trial attorney in the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice, specializing in enforcement of voting rights in the United States. I highly recommend her book. It's funny. And she talks about some of her real life experiences as a practitioner. And she does it from an African-American woman's perspective. I mention her because chapter 15, the second to last chapter of the book entitled Chess Pie, a type of pie, by the way, I had never heard of, is a central part of that chapter. In chapter 15, Chess Pie, the best chapter of the book, in my opinion, Coach talks about being assigned by the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice to travel to Mississippi to monitor polling places to ensure there would be no violations of the Voting Rights Act. She, too, talks about how the Deep South made her nervous, how she thought about the 16th Street Baptist Church that the KKK bombed, killing four young black girls attending Sunday school, the assassination of civil rights activist Medgar Evers, and the river in which two white men drowned 14-year-old Emmett Till. I won't give away the total joy of the chapter. I will only say that Laura gets to one of the small towns in Mississippi where she is going to observe. She is approached by a woman by the name of Marlene, a white retiree in her 70s with a deep draw and intent on letting Laura know the exact nature of her issue. Marlene begins by asking, you're from the government? Laura responds by stating, we are. Is there a place you'd like for us to stand so that we're not in your way? Okay, that's all I'm going to say about Just Pursuit. I'm not going to tell you how Marlene responded to Laura, the correlation of chess pie, what Marlene had to say about Laura's white young female colleague's short skirt, Marlene's sanctimony attitude in comparison and contrast to the humility shown by African-American women in other voting districts, because it is too funny. I said all that to say that Coates' book is a reminder of how bad things were in the South during the time Congressman Benny Thompson was born and raised. If anybody has a right to be mad at the world, he certainly does. Congressman Benny Thompson was born Benny Gordon Thompson on January 28, 1948. He was raised in Bolton, Mississippi during the prime time of the civil rights movement. As a matter of fact, he was 20 years old when Dr. King was assassinated. He attended Tugelo College, where he received a Bachelor's of Arts degree in political science in 1968. After graduating from Tugelo College, Congressman Thompson went on to earn a graduate degree from a second HBCU, Jackson State University, in educational administration in 1972. Prior to becoming a congressman, Representative Thompson served as a school teacher and alderman from 1969 to 1973, mayor of Bolton, Mississippi, from 1973 to 1980, the Hans County Board of Supervisors from 1980 to 1993. He's been married to the same woman for 54 years. Wow, that's amazing. Awesome. Married at the age of 20. 
Since 2011, Congressman Thompson has been the only Democrat in the Mississippi congressional delegation. He has been in the United States House of Representatives since 1993, has been reelected 12 times and only faced a real serious challenge or opposition on two occasions. His service in Congress includes serving on the Homeland Security Committee. He founded the Gulf Coast Recovery and Rebuilding Caucus. He's by far the most liberal of the Mississippi delegation. He's a founding member of the Progressive Caucus. His legislative platform also includes civil rights, agriculture, rural issues, affordable health care, and equal education. In 1975, he became one of the original plaintiffs in the Ayers case, which concerned the adequate funding of predominantly black educational institutes in Mississippi. In 2000, Congressman Thompson wrote legislation that created the National Center for Minority Health and Health Care Disparities. As Homeland Security Committee chair, he focused on assuring that state and local officials like fire police, and EMTs got the resources they needed to protect their communities. His genuine concern for local resources was borne out of his 24-year service as a volunteer fireman and local official. His Congressional Caucus memberships include Congressional Black Caucus, Congressional Gaming Caucus, Congressional Rural Caucus, Congressional Sunbelt Caucus, Renewal Energy and Energy Efficiency Caucus, Congressional Travel and Tourism, Congressional Children's Working Group, National Guard, and the After School Caucus. I wanted to take this opportunity to say how proud I am of Congressman Benny Thompson. We are living in a post-segregated period, but racism and discrimination still exists. It may be more obvious to some than others. And African-Americans have always had the ability to lead as Congressman Thompson is doing, but very seldom do we get the opportunity to do so. He has shown great humility, has seasoned his words with grace, displayed a participatory management style, proven to be an excellent communicator, a defender of democracy, and a defender of the rule of law. Throughout history, African-Americans have been treated more times than I care to remember in the way that President Trump and Rudy Giuliani treated Miss Rudy Freeman and her daughter, Shea Moss. As Miss Freeman rightly put it, targeting them as opposed to rightly representing them as Americans, calling them scammers, criminals, implying that they were drug dealers and drug users, forcing Miss Freeman at the direction of the FBI to lead the comforts of her home for over two months, causing her daughter Shay to lose confidence in herself, quit her job, not go to the grocery store, gain 60 pounds, impacting her physical health, and basically locking herself up in the house. See, I'm convinced that Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani are racist. And just for the record, Abortion is not the only issue black people vote on. Besides, that is between man and God. People should not be criminalized for that. What's next? Overturning the 13th Amendment? I say that because I heard one televangelist say that if you vote Democratic, you're going to hell. See, the televangelist doesn't have to 
worry like Miss Freeman or Shea Moss. He doesn't have to worry about his life being expendable. And while I'm giving a shout out to Congressman Thompson, let me give a shout out to Liz Cheney, as Congressman Thompson would say, the gentlewoman from Wyoming and Bloomington Normal's own Congressman Adam Kinzinger. I want to say I, too, am proud of them and have much love for them taking a stand because of their willingness to take a stand for democracy, for putting their jobs on the line. See, this is why people can receive death threats and still say they will vote for Trump again. When you start messing with people's money, people will do some crazy stuff. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, and people love their money. But Adam and Liz have received death threats and still are not backing down. As I mentioned in one of my first podcast episodes, I've known Adam since he was a young lad when he was attending Normal West Community High School. And after he graduated, we had a conversation and he mentioned how he was going to go into politics and what his goals were, that he would enter the military and serve our country, which I am very thankful for. He's always had conservative views, but he's always wanted to help the truly disadvantaged. He's always wanted to help the underserved. He's conservative, but he's never believed black people are expendable like Trump and Giuliani. It is my hope that just like the Proud Boy leader Henry Enrique Terrio, members of the Oath Keepers and others who have been arrested, charged, convicted, and sanctioned, I hope the president, President Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, Jeffrey Clark, Peter Navarro, Steve Bannon, Ron Johnson, all of them. I hope they all are charged for violating the law and held accountable for destroying the lives of innocent people. As I said in the very first podcast, a call to action. How can you hold others accountable if you don't hold yourself accountable? Finally. I certainly appreciate Representative Bowers and Secretary of State Raffensperger and others for taking a stand against Trump and his cronies, even after receiving death threats. But I can't for the life of me understand why they would vote for this man again, knowing full well he'd do it again. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. My praise for Congressman Benny Thompson, acknowledgement of Adam and Liz, and hope and faith in the criminal justice system for future accountability. Until next time, keep living your best life. God bless and Godspeed.